Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching today. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in Queen City, Texas at Crossway Church, and I'm excited to be sharing with you the Word of God today. I pray you'd get your Bibles, follow along with us. This is uh, We're in Romans chapter 2, and uh, this is really part 4 of Romans chapter 2, uh, and uh, we have an entire uh, 23, 24 sessions on chapter 1. Uh, in case you're not watching on YouTube, uh, on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, you can find all of the teachings, all of the worship services, all of the preaching, and even the ongoing Galatians teaching right now. And right now is July the 30th, 2018, in case you happen to be watching this five years down the road or maybe even after the rapture and I'm gone. So uh, praise God. We're in Romans chapter 2 and just a little recap. In the first chapter, and really, you know, the Bible wasn't written in chapters and verses, but it's broken down that way so we can better organize and find things. But in the first portion we call chapter 1 of Romans, there's Paul uh, speaking of uh, a, a, a declining of those that knew God but wouldn't glorify God, stopped being thankful, became vain in their imaginations, changed the glory of God in, uh, into the corruptible things, and then uh, they changed the truth of God into a lie, and then they wouldn't retain, they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, and God gave them over, God gave them up to the things of their flesh. And it's not a, it's not a pretty picture when you're studying this. And, and then, you know, the result of all that is mentioned in the end of chapter 1. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, uh, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. The list goes on and on of those who reject God. This is the result. There's nothing good, nothing good as a result of not living for God. It's all evil. It's all wicked. Even if it has an outward appearance of good, it's evil if it's without the knowledge of God. And then so he moves right into chapter 2, we'll call it today, and, and, he, and he begins to, instead of talk about people who knew God, he begins to talk to the church who does know God and bringing a warning to them. Instead of talking about people who knew God and fell away and all these things begin to happen to them, which is really the manifestation of the wrath of God against all this ungodliness and unrighteousness. Uh, verse 18, chapter 1 reveals that. But then he begins to talk to the church and say, look, don't be condemning them and be doing the same thing they're doing. Don't be condemning them and doing the same thing they're doing. And watch this. In verse 3 of chapter 2, And thinkest thou this, O man, that judges them which do such things, and you do the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God? Now, now let's make no mistake about this. This is to the church. Judgment is coming to the church. Not only at the judgment seat of Christ, where we'll see, uh, will be based on not our sin of guilt and shame, but what we did in the body with this great salvation we've been given, the gifts, the talents we've been given. Hallelujah. Jesus taught it. Whatever he's given you, you better be using it to glorify him. If you're not, it's going, everything's going to be burned up in the end. Watch this now. And now that was a question. That wasn't a declaration. Let me read it again. Make sure we understand this is a question. And do you think, O oh man, that judge them, condemn them, which do such things, 
and you do the same, that you're going to escape the judgment of God? Listen, be careful with that and understand what's being said here and who it's being said to. These that know God. He gives the description of what happens to those that knew God and fell into this sinking boat of sin by rejecting God. Watch this. Verse 4, notice, is another question. Or are you despising the riches of God's goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? It's the goodness of God that leads all people that will repent to repentance. It's not the, it's not the sledgehammer of, of, of condemnation, and that's, that's, the, that's the focus of this scripture. Don't be condemning them, for when you do, you're guilty of the same. How many of you know when you condemn someone, that's a sin? When you condemn, that's a, Jesus didn't come to condemn, but to save. The mission of the church is not to condemn, but to offer the knowledge of the one who can save. Hallelujah. Praise God. And they, listen, don't despise the riches of God's goodness and forbearance and long-suffering. Don't forget that it's the goodness of God that leads you to repentance. You know, I can see me, myself, and, and, and the ministry God has given me changing in, through the years. I, we, we talk about change, and when we're changing, that means the ministry's changing. It doesn't mean the message is changing. The message is the message. It is the preaching of the cross. It is from Genesis through the book of Revelation. It is the avenue of righteousness. And God says, all my words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8. Therefore, because Paul has told us in chapter 1, the, the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. Hallelujah. So it, all the word of God must be seen through the gospel or it's out of context. But, but as I'm changing, as a Christian, then I'm changing as a pastor. I'm being changed, carved, conformed into the image of Christ. That means I'm, coming, I'm becoming less condemning and my words are being seasoned more with grace. If we're really being changed, or are we just going through 40, 50 years of ministry and saying that we need to be changed? No, we can be being changed. Glory to God. And if we are being changed, that means we will be changed. Our ministries will be changed. We will grow. They, the message won't change, but, but we will grow more compassionate for the people. We will be less sledgehammer carrying. I'm not talking about not coming against sin. Paul is doing it right here, coming against sin. We will always stand against sin. We will always point out what is sin. We will always point to the cross, the only place for forgiveness and deliverance from sin and victory and all the provision God offers is through faith in the cross. But it's the way we come across. You know, and oftentimes I think about if I walked in my house at home and just begin to say things in certain ways to my wife and my children, they, it, would, it would push me away from them. They would push me away, even though what I was saying would be right. And I know there's a lot of religious folk out there who say it shouldn't matter how you deliver a sermon, how you... Listen, it does matter. 
The people need to know you love them, not by just what you're telling them. They need to know you love them. Amen, Brother Curtis. I know some folk won't like that, but I really could care less. Are we being changed? Then we're being more compassionate. We're not moving away from the message of the cross. The message of the cross is what's changing us and making us more compassionate. Amen. It's not making us bitter because we our church is not growing. and We're, we're not becoming bitter because the, the, all the chairs aren't filled. We're, we're not on Facebook trying to preach an underlying manipulative message about all this disobedience and, and because people aren't in our church. We're just preaching the gospel. Just preach the gospel. Just is the power of God the preaching of the cross. And that's what the people in our communities need is the power of God to be able to come to God, walk with God, be obedient to God, bear forth the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Everything is based on are they hearing, whether it's in our pulpits or on social media or on the job in the class, are they hearing the gospel, the simplicity of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. See, when we really are growing and being changed, we're going to start trusting that more instead of the way I deliver my message. There's nothing wrong with emotions, nothing wrong with, with, with being uh, excited, nothing wrong with being sometimes just you know angry at sin. But we better be careful. We better be careful. We can run people away from us and blame it on them not wanting the truth when they do want the truth. They do want the truth. Be careful. And the Bible says you can, you can actually, we're being warned here that we're to remember that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Now watch this in verse 5. But after your hardness and unrepentant heart, you're, treasure, you're treasuring up unto yourself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. The righteous judgment of God is coming. The world thinks they're getting away with just sin. Nobody's getting away with anything. The church thinks they're getting away with just preaching any old thing, going any old way. Just somebody writes a new book, so they start making the things written in that book a law. And if we'll do these 20 things, man, God will move. This is it. I've got a corner on it. Man, I wish everybody knew in the church what God was doing in our church. Man, God's doing a, a new thing in our church. Well, pretty soon they're going to line up on the highway just to get in our church. And let me tell you something today. It's the righteous judgment of God that's coming. And if you'll back up and look in verse 2, the Bible says we're sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. Well, is it judgment according to truth or is it judgment according to righteousness? And I'm glad you asked that question today. Yeah, I heard you asking. <laughs> it's truth that reveals righteousness. Without truth, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, remember that I'll prove it to you in the Scriptures, truth is what reveals righteousness. But yet the Bible says, and right here in Romans 1 and 16 and 17, that it's in the gospel that the righteousness of God is revealed. But mark this down, make a note of this. Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. 
So you see, you can't separate truth from the gospel. If the gospel is revealed, if the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, and he that speaks truth is revealing, showing that righteousness of God, then the truth and the gospel is the same thing. And you need to understand this, that the word of God is not a truth over here, and then Jesus, the person, is a truth over there, and then Christ, Jesus, and what he did at Calvary is a truth over here. You can't separate any of the three. The Word of God, Jesus Christ, the man, the Lamb of God, the Son of God, is the living Word of God. He is the truth, and He is our Lord of righteousness. You can't separate any of them. That's why when people say, well, my faith doesn't have to be in the cross, it's in the Word of God. No, if it's not in the cross, it's not even in the Word of God. When you remove one of those three things I just told you about, then your faith is really not in the Word of God. Amen. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 105 that thy word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. But uh, uh, Revelation uh, 21, 23, let's look over there to make sure. I don't want to misquote anything to you. I believe it's Revelation 21 and 23 that tells us, yes, the lamb is the light. And I know here it's referring to the new city. But think about this to confirm what I'm trying to tell you today, that the Lamb of God is the light of the new city. But, but Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't even enter the kingdom or even see it until you're born again. Born again is believing in Christ Jesus as the Lamb of God to take away your sins, which he did on the cross. So you can't separate Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ as the Word of God, for He is the living Word of God. Amen. You need to remember that. You need to share this with your friends, church members, co-workers, relatives, whatever the case may be. You can't preach Jesus unless you're pointing to the sacrifice. You can't preach righteousness unless you're pointing to Jesus, the gospel, the truth. Remember, in the gospel is righteousness revealed. And when the truth is spoken, if it is truth, righteousness is being shown. Proverbs 12 and 17. Write these things down. Study. Ask the Lord to give you this revelation. He will show you what I'm telling you today because it's in the Word. He won't show you my opinions and my thoughts, and I pray I won't give you any. But He will show you the Word of God as it is in truth. And when the Holy Spirit is speaking truth to you, He's revealing the righteousness of God. Yes, as a child of God, that you already are, but He wants you to be led in the path of righteousness. He wants you to even make righteous judgment, Jesus taught in John 7, 24. Amen. And he wants you to bear forth the fruits of his righteousness. That only happens as we keep hearing the truth, which is Jesus Christ and the gospel, what he did at Calvary. You can't separate those things. It's not the written word, Jesus, the living word, the cross. No, it, it is all those wrapped up together. You cannot separate them. So when the Bible speaks of verse 2 in Romans 2, judgment according to truth against them which commit such things. He also, in verse 5, says that there is a righteous judgment 
of God going to be revealed. And, and, and this is when the judgment of God comes and righteousness is that judgment. The Bible teaches that Jesus, when he comes and reigns on this earth for a thousand years, will reign with a rod, a scepter, that is, of righteousness. And I'm telling you, we're going to love it. We're going to love it as the children of God, but the world, they're, not, they're still not going to like it. And I can prove it. If you study the Word of God, the Bible says that during that thousand years, Satan is uh, bound in a, in a bottomless pit. And after a thousand years for a short season, he's released and he gathers as many people with him again as there are grains of sand on the seashore. See, that lets us know that the world is really not going to fall far and just go far this righteous. And it's not the devil can't be blamed. If he can draw them after not being here, they already didn't like it. I love righteousness, hallelujah, because it shows me Jesus. It shows me the righteousness of my God. It shows me what is right, and it also gives me a, a, a hatred for sin. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. And I, I love the Word of God because it is, God, it is God's righteous Word. Amen. You know, the Bible teaches in Hebrews 5 that if, if, if we just are going through the motions and, and we're not learning to exercise our senses by the word of righteousness that comes by hearing the truth because our faith is in the sacrifice of Jesus as our lamb, then we're just going to keep needing to be taught. Forty years, we're just showing up sitting in the church. By now, we ought to be the one teaching. We ought to be the one sharing. But we're still just showing up, going through the religious motions, and we ought to be the ones teaching now. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Notice verse 6. How much time we got? Oh, we got a little time today. Glory to God. I like it when you look at the clock and it gives you a little more time. About 12 more minutes. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 6 here in Romans chapter 2. Speaking of the Lord, let's back up and read verse 5. I like rolling into where we are. Verse 5, but after your hardness and unrepentant heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath, unrepentant against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Who will give to every man according to his deeds, his works. See, we're still being warned here. Don't be judging them. Don't be condemning them that are living in sin, that have known God, turned away from God, are in a spiral downhill. They still need the love of God. They've walked away from it. They've walked away from God's mercy, God's grace. They, they begin a, a, a decline just deeper and deeper into sinful darkness. And God has turned them over to the desires of their heart because the desires, uh, because they no longer delighted Him. Remember Psalms 37 says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. If you will not delight yourself in the Lord, He will, he will also allow you those desires that you have in your fleshly heart to take over and, and destroy your life if that's what you so choose. You got to know that. You got to know that. But the Bible says he will render to every man according to his deeds, according to his works. He, the Lord is going to show up 
and reward us according to our works. We are not saved by works, but we are rewarded for works. Amen. But all the works and the only works we're going to be rewarded for are found in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10. Can we turn over this over there this morning and look at that? It's a great scripture to have highlighted in your Bibles because it tells us where the works are in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. What are the good works? In Christ Jesus, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We've been ordained by God as the children of God to walk in the works of God. As our faith remains in Christ Jesus, the works of God will be manifest. Remember when they, the people piled up around Jesus and said, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus gave them a profound, short, very simple yet powerful statement, just believe upon the one whom he sent. You're believing in Christ as the Lamb of God for your initial and daily salvation, not anything you do, let me say it one more time. Maybe we can hear it clearly by the Spirit of God. You believing in Christ Jesus and what He accomplished as the Lamb of God for you on the cross, if that's where your faith is, you will walk in the ordination of God's works for you that are located in Christ. And let me give you something that may help you today for all those out there teaching law works for salvation. You know those that teach you, you you have to be water baptized to be saved. It's because they don't see the Word through the Gospel. Remember, you have to see the Word in its righteous context. All God's words are in righteousness. Again, Proverbs 8 and 8. The, and, and, and if the righteousness of God is revealed in the Gospel, then all God's words are in righteousness. That means all God's words must be seen through the Gospel. And if we see through the gospel what's written in the word, we will always see the works having been done by Christ, finished, completed at Calvary. Hallelujah. Not something we must come and add to the works. He finished the work. Amen. So those that teach you must be water baptized, which they're saying you must do something, not believe, do something. Those that say that are trying to say that you can work outside of Christ. All the, the only works God's, God honors are in Christ. You have to be in Christ before you can walk in the work. And you're only in Christ by being baptized into His death, Romans 6 and 3, through faith in what He did there for you. You see, when you placed your faith in the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit actually immersed you into the place your faith was. It's the only legitimate place God has given man to believe is in Christ. That means in his death. Think about that. So all those that teach you must do something, even if it's a, a biblical principle that's something you should do after you're born again because you're already in Christ. If they're teaching that you must do something to get in Christ, remember, it's not a work God 
has honored because that is outside of Christ. You're not in Christ if you're lost. If, you're, if you've yet to believe in Christ, if, if your faith is not in Christ and your faith is in being water baptized, listen, if your faith is in being water baptized, your faith is not in Christ. Either your faith is in Christ and what He did at the cross alone for salvation, or your faith is in that and and there is no the ands refutes your faith means your faith is really not in Christ and what he did at the cross alone it means you're being told you must add to what Jesus said was finished and you believe now that you're not really saved and they'll tell you you're not until you're in the water and you're baptized in his name people will say see that's something you do and you need to be water baptized, but it can't save you. The blood saves, not the water. Glory to God. I'm glad I know that today. Praise be to Jesus. Aren't you glad you know that today? Think about that. They're trying to get you to do a work to be saved, but you're not saved yet, so that work is not in Christ. All the works that we're called to walk in are in Christ. And the way into Christ is not water baptism, it's death baptism. Romans 6, 3. Praise be to God. That's good stuff. Hallelujah. For those who will just believe God's word, you know who, who those are that are preaching law and works and oh, they're claiming it's by grace and they're claiming, oh yeah, if you're really saved, you'll be water baptized. Let me tell you something today. You should be water baptized you should. It's an outward testimony. But these people who say you have to do something to be born again, to be saved, they don't understand the cross and they're still under law. And Romans 3.19 says the law only speaks to those who are under the law. I'm not under the law, so I don't listen to law. I don't listen to the letter of the law. I listen to what the Spirit of God is saying. And listen, if you'll read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 6 through 9, you will see that God has called His church and He's enabled us to be New Testament ministers. And it lists two things that are requirements as the legitimacy of New Testament ministers. It's this. It's of the Spirit and it's a ministry of righteousness. That's not your righteousness. That's the righteousness of Christ. Hallelujah. When we start talking about water baptism for salvation, we're talking about self-righteousness because that's something I did myself. When we talk about the cross, we're talking about the righteousness of God granted us through our faith in Him taking our sins and giving us His righteousness. Oh, this is good teaching. I hope somebody's getting something out of it. So look, let's look at this. He's righteous judgment. The righteous judgment of God is what He's bringing. And through that righteous judgment, He's going to give render to every man according to his deeds. Those who got born again, they saved, they believed in Christ, but then they spent 50 years under law and all that they worked for, all that they built, it will be burnt up at the judgment seat of Christ. And they will scarcely be saved. But all those that built upon gold and silver and they kept their faith in the cross and they didn't ever move it to the purpose driven and, 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 you know, and if you have moved your faith to the purpose driven or the words you speak or any of these, anything other than the death, the blood of Jesus, you can come home today. 
You can come back to that narrow path today. I know it's going to cost you, my friends. It's going to cost you relationships that really weren't of God anyway. We've Many of the church, most of the church today, we've planted ourselves in churches where God didn't plant us. And we've not been able to flourish in the courts of our faithful God. Watch this now. He's going to render to every man according to his deeds. Don't forget, this is to the church. I have to always say that to myself. Curtis, this is written to saved people. He's coming with righteous judgment. And through this righteous judgment, he's going to render to every man according to his deeds, his works. And then he breaks it down in verse 7. Watch this now. Seek for glory and honor and immortality. Focus of those. They continue patiently in well-doing, seeking for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness. Here's what's coming to them. Indignation and wrath. Think about that. Tribulation, verse 9, and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. Notice this, verse 8. But unto and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath. Here again, the warning is there. We're not being condemned <coughs> as the church. We're being warned. So that, you know, and, and, and we read in the New Testament that we should judge ourselves, that we should not be judged. Here it is, an opportunity to read and to heed and to accept the warning from the Lord. Don't be condemning those who are out there living in sin, for we once lived in sin. Offer them the life raft of God's mercy and grace, which is the gospel, the the message that makes them righteous and servants of righteousness and puts them on the path of righteousness, bearing the fruits of righteousness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We don't condemn them. We offer them what saves them, which is what saved us. Praise God. And we continue... By patient continuance in well-doing, seeking for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. I want to encourage you. Pray over what we've studied today. Share this with somebody Pray for them. Find our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Follow these messages. We upload one of these teachings every Monday at least by lunch and Thursday at least by lunch. And follow along with us. Take notes. Pray. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help me. And let's walk in this truth together as the family of God no matter what it is we're having to let go of, whether it's relationships that have been wrong, churches we've been in that we had to get out of, uh, whatever the case may be, we need to be walking in a place where we're learning the truth
learning to love the truth and walking in the truth, even if it costs us relationships, even if it costs us anything, the truth is more valuable. It's the judgment of truth. It's God's righteous judgment. And I pray today you will have heard something, God been able to move on your heart, encourage you, convict you, and, and begin to move you in the right direction or just strengthen your faith. So uh, tune in with us each week, at least Monday by lunch, Thursdays by lunch. Look for the new broadcast. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified.